1: When you are pioneering anything or introducing new ideas to the culture, you get criticized. You do? Yeah, (laughs) did you hear about that? (laughs) I didn't find the one. I found someone I respected, and we made it the one. In the sort of longing kind of view of love, people understand each other as if by magic. Nothing in itself is addictive on one hand. On the other hand, everything could be addictive if there's an emptiness in that person that needs to be
0: filled. I now know that nobody changes until they change their energy. And when you change your energy, you change your life. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders, and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers, and seekers here to start conversations because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Here we go. My guest today is Halle Berry. In addition to being a brilliant actor and a mother, Halle more recently joined the team at Pendulum Therapeutics as their chief communications officer. As Halle explains today, Pendulum is a biotech company focused on metabolic health through its microbiome products. I was really excited to sit down with her and learn more about her own health trajectory and why she got involved with the company. We also talked about menopause and the big identity shift that comes around during the back half of life. I love getting to talk to Hallie about what her inner dialogue sounds like at the age of 57 and how she stays connected and true to herself while also being a person in the public eye. Hallie has achieved an immense career and continues to expand our idea of what it means to be a woman, fully embracing her power and agency. Hallie has done it all so beautifully and gracefully. So let's get to my chat with Halle Berry. How are you? I'm really well. How are you? I'm so good. Oh my God. Not to be objectifying, but you are literally the prettiest person I've ever seen. Oh. Wow. Incredible.
1: God bless you. (laughs) Thank you. I take that as a compliment going through menopause. I'll take that compliment. Thank you. Uh, It's The roughest times of my whole life. So I'll take it. I always feel like I look so good. So thank you.
0: Is it annoying that people like when you're as beautiful as you are, is it destabilizing to have that come so strongly, like first into the picture? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you because
1: it's you. It has been it. Yeah, it is like I, I have longed my whole life to have something else be said first. Right. Not that you don't, every woman wants to feel beautiful. I mean, let's be honest, we we do. I've just longed for that to not come first.
0: I know, but it's
1: so hard because look at you. And no, but no, no, that's not true. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: No, no, but but it's a compliment. So especially now wow. as I face this path of life, I now, I realize that, you know, beauty isn't just our physical self you know what I mean? So I I like to hope that maybe that is what resonates more as I get older than just the physical part of one's being. And you know that you've been, you know, beautiful your whole life. So you know what it is.
0: Mm. It's interesting because, you know, and we talk about menopause, maybe we'll just dive in there. I'm going through it now and I'm losing my mind. And it's also like not lost on me that it's happening, you know, when my daughter's in college, my son is now a senior in high school. And I'm being confronted with this idea of like, lack of, you know, viability, reproductive viability, you know, at the same time as like, my kids are leaving the house, and I have all this crazy hormonal shit going on. And this big identity shift that really comes around, like, okay, well, what does it mean then if you have grown up, and how you look has been a really important part of your career? You know, how do we start to reckon with this idea of like of of losing that, and and what does that mean? Have you, yeah, that at all?
1: Well, like I said earlier, I long for the day where that's not the first compliment I get. So I, I I'm living for that moment. <laughs> if you want to know the truth, but for me. It's been more about just how my body is changing, how my energy level is changing, my sleep is changing. I can't remember things anymore. I feel very out of touch with the world sometimes. I live in my own sort of bubble as we go through menopause, very alone. So Mm -hmm. I kind of have been suffering in silence. So I'm struggling more with with that and how do I come to terms with this new person that I'm emerging as and it's not so much physical but I am I feel like I'm a person today that takes no shit and has no fucks to give excuse me you know <laughs> that's a hard person to become because most people don't want to deal with that person yeah. they want you to be that person they used to know that was cordial that dealt with all their crap that you know, didn't say what you meant because you were afraid to say the truth. So you oh, did yes. That you take care of everyone's egos and, you know, you play that role. It, it's more me now realizing, but I've evolved. I've earned the right to evolve into somebody different, mm-hmm. and I I have to say what
0: I have to say now, right? When and did it, that start happening? Like when did you start to empower yourself with that? Menopause <laughs> it hit me.
1: But well, <laughs> it's a gift. There's a gift. There's a gift in there somewhere. It is a gift in there. And, and you must feel that too. Like how long have you been, are you in Perry or are you in flat out menopause now?
0: I'm really happy to talk about this because I have gone through the last year with the m- most bizarre set of circumstances. And I thought that there would be a million women saying, including my doctors saying, this is totally normal. And, and I have felt so alone. I've had like periods every 20 days and every two weeks then like bleeding to death I've needed an iron IV it's like an episode of forensic files (laughs) then I skipped a month then I came back then skipped you know so now I had 90 days of no period and then I had a super super light period like I've never had in my life and so now I'm like okay and what comes next and no one has said to me oh that's normal now you can expect X, Y, or Z. I don't know if that's normal. Like, I don't know what the fuck is happening. Well, you're enjoying everybody else
1: (laughs) because what you find out or what I have found out, because I've been in it for a while now, is that everybody's body is different, right? Right. It's 100 symptoms of menopause. And some women have a great deal of those. Some hardly have none. Some Have crazy periods like you just you know I had one big last period where you thought like somebody had died in my in my bedroom (laughs) and that was my last one and and like and that was it's goodbye to me went out with a bang uh, it went out with a huge big bang so our body I think largely remains a mystery
0: yeah
1: right when it comes to this time of life it hasn't been studied and I'm convinced if if this is what men went through they would have figured this out a long time ago yeah. You know, so we are now our generation, I think we're on the precipice of like really figuring this out and making it okay to talk about where we're into, you know, the fact that we're talking about it right now. You know why? Because this is what feels really important to us when you get to be, I call it down the path of life and you get here, this, this becomes all encompassing because it really is life-changing. Right. changing in ways that you can't control. You don't understand it. You're all alone. And it's, it's therapeutic
0: to be able to talk about it. It is. Did you talk to your friends about it? My friends that I talked to were all kind of in it together at the same time. Like, is this happening to you? No, to your point about everyone being so different. No, that's not happening to me. This is happening to me. Like it doesn't seem to be consistent patterns across this, like whatever we're traversing into now, probably real menopause, or I guess that really real menopause starts when you haven't menstruated for a year. Right.
1: Yeah. No, what I'm finding is everybody has a different experience. Yeah. But there are some common things I'm finding that every, at least everybody I'm talking to are experiencing, which is weight gain, not being able to metabolize their sugar, that part of their body changes, brain fog, intermittent raging. (laughs) <laughs> because you're just mad, <laughs> you know, this nice sweats, you know, all that stuff. All that that stuff. But some people, you know, really do have cardiovascular issues that yeah. they don't really talk about, or you get, you know, heart problems when you're at this time of life and it hasn't always been tied to menopause, but we're learning that that is tied to menopause, I'm dealing with some issue with my mouth. They keep telling me it's candida. Then they tell me it's chelitis. And then they told me it was some autoimmune disease. But what I'm realizing is it's it's a byproduct of menopause and how all of your orifices get dry. And nobody has been able to tell me what I can use to sort of deal with that. So I'm sort of figuring this out all by myself. Yeah. Nope
0: is i know that's the interesting thing like the degree to which we need to be our own quarterbacks i think not only through menopause but through a lot of this stuff that we go through as women you should ask these questions you should push back you should push further and harder and yes. because yeah we do
1: and that's what i love about what you're doing let me just gush for a second over you that's what i really love because we've needed a space You know what I mean? And when you encourage people to investigate, to be curious, to don't take, you know, what people tell them, you know, figure out what you believe. Don't just believe something because someone tells you to figure out what you believe so that you can explain why you believe what you believe. We know our bodies better than anybody. We know how we really feel. And if we find ways through meditation or however we connect to ourselves, if we really do make the time in our lives to do that, there are many answers I believe that lie within us. We just have to figure out how to slow it down, slow down our, our mind, shut the chaos of the world out and find ways to check in with ourselves. And I'm not saying that in some like frou-frou way. I'm saying really just take the time to check in and listen and do all of your own research and make decisions from that calm and that informed place, not from a frantic, from a scared, out of fear, you know, really take the time to, to think things through before you jump on fads or
0: diets or medicines or, you know, Absolutely. And it's also, you know, hyper-personalized. Like we all have such different, phenotypes, you know, constitutions, blood types, you know, we have different microbiomes. We have each one of us is, is completely unique. I think that's what we're seeing with how blood tests are evolving and how microbiome tests are evolving. And that actually brings me to a question that I have, because I'm, I'm really excited about your new company. It's a microbiome company, right? It is. Yes. It's um, you tell me about it. Pendulum. Absolutely.
1: Well, let's see, how do I start? I have been on every probiotic known to man. As Why? I
0: Why did you start with probiotic?
1: Well, just because, you know, I was going through my holistic journey. I was told at that time that our good bacteria was as important as our bad bacteria, right? And that bad bacteria in our bodies can cause us all kinds of diseases. But that good bacteria was actually something that helped us take care of our heart health, helped us take care of our our, our metabolism, you know, so many health issues. So I've always known that I should take a probiotic that it would be really beneficial. And so I've always taken them. But the truth is, I took them because I thought I should, but I can't say that I ever felt any real benefit from taking them. I just felt good because I was doing the thing that I instinctively knew was right to do. But if you were to ask me, but what are the benefits? Like, how do you feel? Like, like, how do you feel it's changed your dailies? How do you feel in your body now that you're taking probiotics? Mm -hmm. I really didn't have an answer. I thought, well, I don't really know, but I know they're good for me. And so I'm going to keep taking them. And so a friend of mine in Cleveland, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And a friend of mine who works at the Cleveland Clinic called me up and she said, hey, we've got this new product that the Cleveland Clinic is backing. And our doctors are giving it to our patients called Glucose Control by this new you know, biotech company called Pentulum. You should really try it. I know you're always interested in your blood sugar and your A1C. You should try it. So I did. And it was the first probiotic that I felt actually did something that I could quantify. So I knew right away, it did something unique and meaningful for me. And Mm. then I, wow, let me call over there and let me talk to this woman, Colleen Cutliffe, who I'd read about, who was the co-founder and CEO. And I had a, she invited me up to San Francisco. I had a wonderful time talking with her, learning about it and convinced them to let me be a part of it because I so, I, I so believed in it. At at this point, and I wanted to be a part of helping get this information out to the world because many people don't know about the microbiome and what it does and how important it is. And I thought it there's a real white space here and there's a real education to be had here. And if I could be a part of that, then um I would feel really amazing. And mm-hmm. one of the first things she told me was, and I don't know, you probably know this, but she told me that we have forty trillion bacteria cells in our body, right? 40 trillion bacteria and we have 30 trillion human cells. So we're more bacteria, right? You know this, right? If we're more bacteria than human cells and we better start worrying about these bacteria cells, we better start giving them, you know, the front seat in our lives that they deserve. And that was the thing that she explained to me that got me like passionate about
0: Being a host on Airbnb is great for those who travel frequently, have extra space, or own a seasonal home. If you've stayed at an Airbnb, you know the unique experience it offers. And now you can share that same experience with others in addition to earning additional income on the side. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com host. My daughter was making fun of me the other day. We were around the dinner table saying, what is your most commonly used phrase? And, you know, people were kind of joking in the family saying, oh, you always say, you know, this or that. And my daughter said my most often heard phrase is the industrial food complex, <laughs> which <laughs> so fucked up, but probably true. <laughs> but now as I come <laughs> to talk to you about this, you know, it is true that the way that we now procure our food in this country and the supply chain really does you know, we we spray with so many things. Everything is so highly processed and these do negatively impact the positive bacteria and create environments in our gut for the negative bacteria to flourish. And it is the cause of so many health problems. It's wonderful to see that you are, you know, and of course, like we can't change the industrial food complex overnight. So, you yes. know, it, it is important that we're addressing these, you know, our, our microbiome with some supplementation, I think it's really important.
1: And are you, do you have one that you're crazy about that you feel like has helped
0: you? I do. I, I use one called seed, yes. um, which I really like if and I'm going to try yours as well, but it's, you know, it's also been interesting working with, you know, doctors when it's not good to take a probiotic, if there's certain things that are overactive, and which one is exactly right for what. So, also important to know, right? Like what is going on as 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 much as you can know with your particular microbiome. And there are there, are, I wonder if you've ever done one of those home tests or anything like that. Have you? I did, and I was like a lot of people.
1: I had little to no acromantia in my body, like little to, and most people don't have acromantia. And as you get older, you have less and less acromantia in your body. So I think that's a really good way, place for people to start do that and figure out exactly like get a snapshot of your gut and figure out, and then, you know, read about each probiotic that you're taking, figure out, is it science-based? Like what is the research that that company has done? Like you know, what are their clinical trials and tests say? Don't just take it because it has a pretty package. Like I'm guilty. I think all of us can sometimes take something because mm-hmm. no one's got a cute package. And I want to see that sitting out on my, on my thing. I, it's, it's really about also learning to not be fooled by, you know, marketing, mm-hmm. right? really do our own research. And,
0: and how involved are you? I, I love when I see women, especially actors as like a you know ex actor like i i love when i see women kind of stepping into new territory and becoming entrepreneurial i find it really inspiring so how how has that been for you and how involved are you day to day like what what are your responsibilities at the company
1: well thank you for that i love that you've done that too i don't know why you say ex actor i really yeah. Well, it's been like years. <laughs> this- I know, but you shouldn't you shouldn't have done that, Gwen. I'm I'm upset about that.
0: <laughs> oh my God. This job is too gnarly. Like I can't I couldn't even if I wanted to, I couldn't even do it right now.
1: And and I get that. And I'm and I'm coming to terms with that too. With being involved in pendulum and then my own brand of respin. I'm totally reorganizing that. And that's going to be something all the way different soon too. So I'm realizing it's hard to do all of these things. Oh I don't know how long I'll actually do that either. So I say that um, with a
0: smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> but you love kind of doing the entrepreneurial side as well. I do. I, I really do. I think
1: while my acting career has been and continues to be rewarding in so many ways, you know, I'm yeah. grateful for it. It's, it's, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm grateful for it. I also, as I've gotten older, have felt like, there must be something else for me to contribute. Not that that hasn't been substantial in his way, but I feel like there's got to be something else yeah. that I have to say that I can give besides movies that will live long after I'm gone. Yeah, that's sort of taken me down this path of wellness and figuring out how I can help—not just women, but help others. Right, so. Um, But with Pendulum, they really allow me to be very involved. I mean, I'm not a scientist, so I leave that to them. But I am a a student. I'm curious. I always want to learn. They are allowing me now to be a part of reimagining their packaging because I've been on them. And I thought, you know, people buy things just for a package and these bottles are hideous. You know what? We got (laughs) to change this. I want this package to be as good as what's inside these bottles. Yeah, it's important. It is important. It is important. How we feel when we use products are very important. Right.
0: So uh, yeah, added psychological effect of it. You know, when you, it's a placebo and add a placebo on top of a already an efficacious product.
1: Yes. And then that matters. So I'm, that is, you know, largely my role on day to day, but, but it is also getting, you know, I am the communication officer so Maybe. It's to talk to people like you, to get out and advocate, to, you know, talk to other doctors, to talk to nutritionists, to talk to healthcare professionals and help share with them our yeah. statistics, my story, other stories that I've been accruing, you mm-hmm. know, them understand actually what the product is and the science behind it. And
0: yeah. Uh, and what, what else is part of your routine i mean you're obviously i can't believe you're 57 that's bananas <laughs> you're, like, you're like 27 yeah. so tell me i need to know like what's the whole vibe like what do you do what do you eat i know you take your pendulum but like what else
1: copious amounts of red wine i'm gonna tell you oh. the- <laughs> But I have this special wine that I drink. It's, have you heard of this wine called Dry Farms? Of course, absolutely. I, I'm a dry farmer. And that's a wine that I can actually drink. That's my guilty pleasure. That's my gift to myself because we yeah. all need those, right? And it's low in sugar. It's um, low in alcohol, low in sulfite. So it's all those things. All
0: those things. And you don't, trying- most, um of the good old chateaus and stuff in Europe are dry farmed, all those grapes. Yes, right? Yes, so, right. Yep. And and what we mean by that for any of our listeners who are not familiar with it, we actually have some good content on, on um, dry farm wine on goop, but it's not irrigated. They're not, so they're not pumping up the grapes. They're not adding sugar, you know, a lot of the cheaper, I mean, actually there are a bunch of dry farm wines that are really they're not expensive whatsoever. But, you know, in the kind of mass most mass produced wines, they're adding a ton of sugar and additives to wine.
1: Yes. I, I'm I've just reached out to them asking them if we can do a wine that's very, very low in tannins because of my mouth problem I'm having and the dryness with it. I think that could be part of it. So I'll be great if they can start thinking about that in a new way. But did someone tell me your keto? Is that right? Or were you? I am. I'm you I'm are. Too- and but, you can have wine with keto. Well, this wine, this dry farm wine mm-hmm. is low in sugar. And it. it mm-hmm. I drink this wine and it doesn't take me out of ketosis. But I'm keto, but I didn't try to be keto. I just realized I was keto all of a sudden one day when I took the test to see if I was in ketosis, I was there. And I know that's very hard for some to get in ketosis, but because of my diabetes, I've always eaten a ketogenic diet before keto was keto. Right. I was eating that way just to manage my sugar. So and that, what is keto exactly? It's basically protein and vegetables. It's no processed sugar, no pasta, no rice, you have nothing white. It's yep. just lean it's fish it's protein lean meats and it's healthy fats
0: you know nuts can you have nuts and
1: seeds nuts and seeds yeah
0: and can you have dairy
1: i don't have dairy because i'm having allergic reaction to dairy but there is dairy yeah you can have dairy
0: you can okay so i'm I'm trying to figure out what the difference is with paleo because i've been sort of more eating paleo and i and it sounds like it's all the same except we can't have dairy on paleo
1: yeah. I think that's the only difference. Oh, it is mm-hmm. the very right. similar. And how long have you been doing that?
0: I started doing it in t- the beginning of 2021 after really like during, I got COVID right at the beginning of COVID. So I got the that alpha strain and it really knocked me for a loop. And I had a very hard time recovering from it because I had some underlying stuff underneath but I thought it was long COVID. It may, parts of it might be long COVID, but it turned out I had some mold and like an old tick thing. And But during COVID, I, I was like, I, I don't feel well. I don't have energy. Maybe it's menopause. Maybe it's, you know, I don't know what it is, but I was really like indulging every night. Like I was drinking multiple <laughs> alcoholic drinks <laughs> and like you know, sugar and whatever, just like not, I was, you know, we were like cozy in the house and I was not on a wellness vibe at all. Nobody was
1: during COVID. I mean, I started day drinking, which I never did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would have, if I didn't have this company to run, I swear to God, like it was so nice to be in pajamas with a glass of wine. And, but afterwards at the end of the year, I felt so terrible. And so that's when I started doing a bunch of you know, tests and trying to figure out what was happening. And I made a commitment at the beginning of 2021 to really clean up. And, and that's when I started addressing, I had really high levels of inflammation and leaky gut and all that stuff. And so I just went really hard at it. And that's when I went paleo and I, it's been amazing. I mean, I, you know, I was in Italy this summer and I ate pasta every day for the time I was there, but I, cause I think you also need to, you know, and I, and I don't mind now that i sort of feel like I raised my baseline health and I have more vitality and, and more energy. You know, if I, like last night I went out with my kids and my husband and to Chinese food and I just like ate, you know, but mm-hmm. I think it's about finding the balance. Like, you know, again, that you're kind of Reverting to a baseline for me, anyway, of eating like whole proteins and foods and vegetables and just keeping it relatively clean. Like, I'm never going to give up my coffee. I'm never going to give up my, yeah. you know, those things that really make me happy, especially if it's just once in a while. But it, it's incredible. It never ceases to amaze me the degree to which food can really be medicine or a toxin. Yes. You know?
1: And are you a person that, um, do you live to
0: eat or eat to live? I live to eat, live to eat. I love food. I love to cook. I love to smell it. Like, you know, <laughs> if I feel like nothing makes me feel happier than smelling onions, sauteing and butter, you know, I'm like, oh, the world, they're all as well with the world. You know? <laughs> That's how I feel when, when I
1: smell bacon. Same thing.
0: Are you? Do you? How about you? That's a good question. Live to eat or eat to live? I eat to live. I'm different. I'm
1: not a foodie. I love onions too and and oil, and I love bacon, but I'm not a foodie. Hmm. Not a foodie. It's
0: kind of a blessing in a way. I feel like my friends who aren't foodies like that, their minds are so freed up. To think about other stuff, like I'm already thinking, what am I gonna make on the weekend, and what am I gonna make for you know, it's like, and and I was reading articles about new restaurants in LA. I'm like such a food dork.
1: I know, I know. I I, I feel bad that I'm not. I feel
0: people. But when all- you eat, do you really enjoy it? Do you savor? Are you like this is amazing, or like yeah, it's fine. This is my fuel, and like what's the approach?
1: I'm like, fine, this is my fuel. Like, if you don't remind me to eat, I probably will forget. Sometimes my kids are like, mom, like on a weekend when there's no one here but me and them, they'll say by 3.30, mom, hello, (laughs) are we going to eat today or what's happening? And then I'm like, oh, oh, right. You guys, you, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's been like that since I had. How old are they? My boy
0: is nine
1: Hmm. and my daughter just turned 15.
0: Oh my gosh. Wow. I know. How's that? Is she um, giving you any trouble or is she through her trouble?
1: She's only giving me trouble really because she's going through puberty and I'm going through menopause. And so we are often like, you know, it's like, it's like a lot of feelings flying around here, Mm. but trouble, I won't say real trouble. She's got a a very good head on her shoulders. Mm. She's 15 but she's still very innocent. She's a very innocent 15 and she goes to Loxa. She goes to the performing art school. So she's all about her art. She's a singer and a songwriter and a musician. And so she's all about that. And that takes up um, a lot of her time and her energy and her focus. You know, she doesn't have a lot of time with the school. She goes to like to get into bad things and to okay. be getting a lot of trouble. So I'm lucky that way, but she is going through a hormonal shift and you know, she freezes us all out of the house. And even I who run hot all the time, she runs hotter than me. Right. Wow. And impressive. Yeah. She's fighty. You know, she's gets in her moods. Um, <laughs> but, but all in all, she's a really good, she's a really good kid.
0: Right. She's,
1: and yours are off to college. Right.
0: One who's a sophomore in college. And then my son is a senior in high school as of this morning. Yeah. Wow. I, I did cry. I did sort of, burst into tears when he left today just because it all is going so fast it's just like you're lucky that you have a nine-year-old I mean that's like you got a ways to go that's so that's wonderful you think yes yes I am like I I'm 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 like I wonder how long it's going to be until like my daughter and stepdaughter have grandchildren because then you know I like just but I I love <laughs> it's like yeah it's like Oh my
1: god. All gone by relatively quickly. Like I can't believe you have a child in college. I just remember you. I, I that's hard for me to believe. I thought I had children before you. Mm-mm. That's how much I know. That's how that's hard for me to believe.
0: Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners. To me has a soft
1: side. Discover their new ASRA bag collection in its pillowy pleats, satin finish, and crescent shape. ASRA is the bag to carry for your 9-5 to five and the 5-9 to nine plans that follow. Versatility, after all, is Tumi's signature. Shop the full ASRA collection on
0: Tumi.com or at a Tumi store near you. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Can I ask you a question, just changing tack like when I look back at the conversations that you've kind of brought to the forefront, I just, I really admire how you've used your platform always to talk about, you know, mental health and divorce and sexuality and it's sort of like me in a way, but you were before me in a lot of these things. Have you felt like, and I think sometimes, you know, when you want to create a space for people to have these conversations, like you can sort of put yourself in, in the middle of a fire in a way. Have you ever, have you ever felt that? Like when you've kind of talked openly about some of life's more difficult chapters, or have you felt like it's my duty to kind of, or I want to from some place inside me, like, you know, dispel this for other women, like what's been the motivation there? Um,
1: Well, I guess the motivation has been the inability to go through anything in a private way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask for that, but that's always the way it's turned out. Finding a way to go through life's challenges privately always escaped me. So I felt <laughs> like I had to talk about it, whether mm-hmm. I liked it or not.
0: To sort of own it more or contextualize it more or make it your own? I think
1: both. Own it and to contextualize it. Like I've always been... And this is something I, I've learned when I was a kid. I had a mentor who was my fifth grade teacher. She was a black woman. I went to a school like in an all white pretty much school, and she was a black teacher. And she plucked me out, realizing that I needed a mentor. I needed guidance. And one of the things she taught me at a when I was ten years old was to always take responsibility for my part in anything that has gone wrong. That there were mm-hmm. it, that that was a powerful position to own your part in everything. You're not diminished by owning what you did wrong. It's okay to make mistakes, but it's a powerful, secure person that can own it. Right. So when all these things that have happened, I felt it really important to own the mistake Mm -hmm. that I've made my part in it. And that gave me a leeway to talk about what was really happening because I wasn't making myself the victim. Right. right? I'm just explaining what happened and what went wrong and giving context and contextualizing that for people. And Mm. it's something that I've, I've felt gave me my power back in those situations. Mm -hmm. I didn't just allow myself to be defined by what a writer or an editor or what the culture was trying to say about me. I managed to take my power back and tell my story myself, my way while owning my part in all of it. Mm. And it's been mm-hmm. cathartic. It's been, um, you know, I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of owning who I am, and mm-hmm. you know, the good, the bad, the dirty. You know, it, it that. Yeah, we all have it. You know, we, we sure have do. it, right? We all face challenging times, and we all make mistakes, and we're all just here trying to figure it all out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know, for me, that vulnerability, like for me personally, bringing that into, you know, like a work conversation that I had right before I got on with you or, you know, in, in, in talking to my children and showing up in a vulnerable way. And in in accountability as much of the time as I can is is so important because it just brings this softening to life and our hearts and our experiences with people, as opposed to like coming with againstness and, or, or victimhood, which I think really robs people of their power. And I'm not sure they're necessarily aware of that, but I think it does.
1: It does. And I, and I feel really blessed that I learned that at such a young age from my My teacher. That's been what is her
0: name? What was her name? That teacher? Avon
1: Sims. And she is still, she's the godmother of my children. Oh, come on. Become. Yeah. Here's what she did. So she, I met her in the fourth grade. She was my teacher. And then when I moved to the middle school, all of a sudden, first day of school, I see her at the middle school. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And she's like, Oh, I'm now the counselor at the middle school so she was my counselor then at my middle school years then when I go to high school unbeknownst to me again the first day of high school guess who's there and I'm like what are you doing here oh I'm now the guidance counselor and guess what I have a through d so I'm your guidance counselor I'm like huh so long story short now that you know we're still in each other's lives. I said to her one day, I was like, isn't that interesting how that just happened? Like, you know, that was fate, like serendipity. And she was like, you think that just happened by mistake? I was following you all these years. I knew you needed me. And she followed me. She followed me. Yeah. True story. And she knew that she would, all your potential, but I knew you needed to be held because of my, my, my family, my growing, my lack of guidance in my home. She's like, I knew you needed to be held. And we had a connection. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That is the most beautiful story.
1: I know it's an incredible, and there are those people in the world, you know, that just care because they're built that way. They Mm -hmm. want nothing in return. There's these exceptional people that do move through the world. And she's one of those people.
0: It's important to remember that too, you know, especially in this day and age when we're bombarded with so much negativity and you can lose some faith in humanity sometimes. It's so beautiful to hear a story like that, like someone who chooses to be a guardian angel in that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and then You know, I've learned since then she's done it to, you know, for countless other students. I got, I thought I was somehow special. and (laughs) You're not the only one. (laughs) Oh, oh, you're doing this for every, all these kids now, (laughs) but, but that's just who she is. That's, that's what makes her, that's Mm. what makes her, so.
0: Are there other fields you want to try, or is there like some project or even movie, or is there anything that you haven't done yet that you, Dream about at night. I think
1: it's what I'm what I'm on to now. Mm. You know, I'm reimagining my company, my brand of ReSpin. I would love to come back and talk to you about that when I really please. get it going. But Do it, please. We've had some. I know you know some people that was involved with it before. So we've had some real, and and you know this being you know running goop and I'm sure you've had this, there've been some dark days when you're trying to build something from the ground up and you're trying to figure it out and there's <laughs> no path forward. And, and 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 what I've loved about you is though, and you've been someone that I've looked to and you've provided me great inspiration because I love that you've always stayed your course. You've always stayed true to what you believe, no matter what anyone says about what you're doing, you stay true to you and I have mad respect for that uh, because that's what it takes you have to be unflappable in what you believe and you can only be unflappable when you know who you are and you know what you believe and you know why you're doing what you're doing yeah Uh, and I I respect you so much
0: thank you that
1: I really you know am inspired by what you've built and what you're continuing
0: Thank you. Still, I'm still here, you know, as, as much on like
1: on terms, like that's what's <laughs> amazing on your own fucking terms, you know? And when I see another woman doing that, like, it's like,
0: yeah. I mean, I think I really do think that's how the pH of the world changes for the better. You know, it's like when women can be truly connected to themselves yeah. and it's funny, you know, I think like sometimes people look at The wellness world or whatever people think that, you know, we're up to from the outside and think, oh, you know, it's, it's trying to suggest that we're not whole. And it's like, that's exactly the opposite of what my mission is. Like, I want every woman, especially every person, but every woman to be able to connect with, who she is like, and to love who she is come what may and act from that place of like full integration. And that to me is actually what true wellness is, is just being radically yourself.
1: Yes, unapologetically yourself and realize that you deserve to put yourself first. Yes. no, And I think as women, we get taught that everyone else has to come before us, right? Or or as mothers, our kids have to come before us. And I can honestly say, I come before my kids because if I'm not my best self, I can't be anything for them, right? Right. So there are moments when I have to put myself before them so that I show up and be complete and whole and well and impart on them the best of what I am, right? What is an example of that? Because
0: I need some work there. So like, tell me how you... What what is an example of where you would put yourself before them so that you can show up in a more whole way?
1: Like there have been times when I've had to say, you know what, guys, I have to check out of here. Right. They might have been in the middle of like my daughter had her her spring concert and it happened to fall at a time when I knew that my own wellness was more important than me going and seeing her concert. I knew that I could get that videotaped and I could see that and I could be a part of it, but that my own wellness in that moment trumped coming and sitting in an auditorium and watching her sing. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of shit for that from people in my life. How could you miss that? How could you, I said, because I had to miss that because I had to go deal with myself in that moment. Too bad that, my need and her concert collided on the same at the same time, Mm. sometimes I get to choose myself because there's been so many times when I've gone and done things. And I have put that before what my needs were. I've passed up on jobs that I really needed to go do. I wanted to go do and I needed to do to take care of my family. But something was happening with my children in a real significant way. And I thought, Now's not the time to leave my kids. They're going through something. And so I have to pass on something I really wanted to do and something that we needed to do. Like I needed to earn money for our family, but I passed on that. And I figured Mm -hmm. out another way to skin that cat because my kids needed me. So there are Mm -hmm. times when I don't do that, but I'm also not ashamed of the times when I do have to put myself.
0: Yeah. Why do you think we feel comfortable judging women for making those kinds of choices? Like, Where does anybody, you know, it's like the, the, the person in your life who said to you, like, how could you do that? Like, I just wonder where that, like what, what we're projecting on another mother or why we feel the need to, to make judgments about how other women are showing up for their kids or. You
1: know, that's a good question. I don't really know the answer, but I feel like it's something to do with how, men have characterized who we are through their lens, right? And I think we have been from the beginning of time supposed to be the caregivers and the nurturers, which we are. But what we're learning is that we're more than that. We're not only that. That's a big part of who we are. And that's what I think makes men and women sometimes very different. But we're more than that. And I think we've been reduced to being that. So when we ask to put ourselves before our children, that has felt like sacrilegious, that's felt like something that we're just not supposed to do. Right. And we're deemed and we're judged because of that. Because every woman I talk to understands what I just said. Yeah, They They might be embarrassed to admit they would love to do that or that they have done that Mm
0: -hmm. or that
1: they wish they could do that because they wouldn't want to be judged or wouldn't want to be, you know, Yeah, But they seem to really understand the need to do that. And and it's no different than that old thing on the airplane, take care of yourself first before you put the, it's the same theory. You know, it it is in theory, the same theory, but Mm -hmm. when we actually do it in real life, I think it causes people to pass a lot of judgment and question your your motherhood or how committed you are.
0: But you're also in that moment modeling something really important for her, which is, You know, you've seen your whole life that I've made sacrifices for you and you come first, but if there's ever a day where I need to come first because it's cataclysmic, I am going to put myself first and that's what you should do too.
1: Yes. And that's very important for mothers to model for daughters and also mothers to model for their sons so that they can also rethink how they see women in the world, right? Yes very very important and mm-hmm. i think self care like this is taught it needs to be taught at an early age mm-hmm. i didn't get taught that i'm sure you didn't get taught that so it's something that we as modern women i think do have to pass down to our 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 children
0: yeah and i think i don't know i think as mothers in this generation we are, have to be so intentional or i find myself i should say being so intentional about you know this particular time in time and space that we're raising children in, you know, the, the shift in consciousness. I mean, I don't think, I don't know how your parents were, but my parents didn't spend a lot of time sort of contemplating parenting strategies and, you know, like, (laughs) no, I'm getting a no from you. So is that, has that, you know, do you feel like you are, or I should ask you, like, how has your upbringing, how how did that shape the way you approach parenting? Do you feel like you have given it a lot of thought and you're strategic about it? Like, how do you approach it?
1: I have given it a lot of thought because I grew up, I was a latchkey kid. I think we know better. We do better. Parenting was way different when yeah. we, grew up, you know, my mother was like, go find something to do, go find some fun, go make some business. There were no play dates. There were no scheduling anything for me. It was very much in her day and time, as long as she was providing food and shelter and clothing, she was doing her job as a parent. Mm -hmm. And she's not wrong. Those are really important jobs that parents need to do for their children. But we know better, so we do better and we've evolved and we now understand there's a lot more to parenting than just that. So I do, I've read so many books on the subject when I was pregnant, I realized that I had to do better than my mother. Mm-hmm. I thought I had a great relationship with my mother, but now looking at the relationship I have with my children, I don't think I, I did have such a great, we had a relationship, but it's nowhere near what I have with my children today. Um, children were seen and not heard back then. Now, all I do is want to hear my children. All I want to do is hear what they have to say and understand how they're feeling Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not meaning be their best friend, but it also means being their advocate, right? Mm -hmm. And understanding who, who they are and how they learn and how they think, you know, um, including them in the conversation, always their opinion matters. Like these were things that, you know, this wasn't a part of my, my growing, you know? And so I've made a conscious effort to break that cycle and raise my children differently. Uh, And
0: how are you kind of coping with this? landmine of, you know, social media with, I, I I don't, I'm trying, I mean, it's, it's, it's also new. I think our kids are the first truly like digitally native generation and they've come into puberty, adulthood, et cetera, with this landscape of what everybody thinks. And how do you let them be on social media? Are they impacted by it? How do you, how do you navigate that?
1: Yeah, I think they're very impacted by it. And I had this thought that I wasn't going to let my daughter on. And I didn't. She didn't get a phone and she didn't get on social media until she was 13 and a half. Ooh, so she must I, have been pissed. At <laughs> <laughs> she, was. she was. But I would tell her, you're going to have your whole life, honey. Mm-hmm. Let, 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 you know, wait a few years before you start. Because that, that you can't go back from that right?
0: Exactly.
1: So she did do it like there's always been securities around it. She doesn't have a public account. She doesn't post herself. We have rules about how she engages on there. We talk very openly about who Mm -hmm. she's talking to. I've told her all the ways that people try to poach children and how it becomes inappropriate and what to look out for, what to do, what to not do. And I knew that she had to be a part of her generation because this is what everybody's doing. And I can't stop that, nor do I want to. This is the world she's grown in, whether I like it or not. This is what it is. But I knew that I had to also empower her with knowledge. I had to stay close to her. We had to talk about it. We had to share it. I I couldn't freak out if she did something that was totally the thing I told her not to do. I had to say, okay, okay, so. You did that thing I told you not to do. It, it
0: turned out. Boobies out in bikinis or something.
1: <laughs> well, just know having conversations with people, like she would do this thing where oh. she would conversations and would think, well, you know, they're 12. I- I'm 13 and they're only 12. Honey, no, they're probably 40. Yeah. Like, exactly. I have told you not to do this, <laughs> you know? So it was yeah. getting her to realize the real dangers without scaring the shit out of her, but also yeah. getting her to be mindful to trust that I was saying was true, to have her be educated in the space and like what's going on, putting time limits on how often you can do it, you know, times of day you can do it, like letting her do it, but just being thoughtful about it, not just letting her have free, putting some, you know, devices on the phones that stop Mm -hmm. from going to certain platform, you know what I mean? Like doing, you know, secret mom stuff that sort of guided it. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. And my son's
1: not on it at all. He's nine. He could care less about it right now. And I love that he's, he's not even, he he could care less. And and, Mm. and that's a good thing. And Mm. and one day that'll change and we'll deal with it. But for right now, he's.
0: Mm. Can I ask you one last question? I went so fast, Hallie. (laughs) Uh,
1: I know. I'm so happy to talk to
0: you. I'm so happy to talk to you. Do come back when you relaunch. We'll, we'll do part two. Um. But I would love to know, this is something that I'm wrestling with right now. Like what does your talk to yourself sound like at age 57, you know, as you are now having learned all the things that you've learned with hopefully a lot of life left, like, are you nice to yourself or nicer than you were? Like, what is, what is what is the, what are the voices inside of your head say to you about you?
1: I do think I'm, 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 I'm kinder, more kind, better way to put it to myself than I ever used to be. Like I said, when I started this interview, I have zero fucks to give. I now, um, know that I can be my authentic self in every situation. I no longer have to be that dancing bear. I don't have to make people feel comfortable. I I always know my intention and it's never to hurt anyone, but I have a right to be who I am and I have a right to not allow myself to be hurt. I have a right to call bullshit when I see it. Um, I went on this trip to India, to Kerala, and I had my third eye opening and the Swami told me this is going to change your life. It's yeah. going to the greatest things that ever happened to you. And it's going to be the hardest because you will no longer be able to stay silent. You're going to see things now and you're going to have to act. And that will be a blessing and a curse for you. And nothing has been more true since Mm -hmm. that happened five years ago. Nothing has been more true. And I've accepted that. And when you get to be 57 years old, you're often the oldest person in any room that you find yourself in. (laughs) And that's a very comforting feeling. Mm -hmm. Very good feeling.
0: Yeah. It's like that entering that phase of life where you're the wise older woman, you know, who's truly yourself authentic and. And you have
1: experience to back it up. I'm just pulling things out of my ass. I can tell you a story (laughs) about anything you want to ask me. I have a story (laughs) that I've been through. I've survived that. Um, or an experience that was amazing. And that was life-changing that opened my eyes or, you know, the, the life is full. The life has been full and long and,
0: mm.
1: and, and I have all of that to draw from.
0: Um, so amazing.
1: Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you very much.
0: And you know, your beauty is actually like the least interesting thing about you. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Halle Berry. To learn more about Pendulum Therapeutics, head over to PendulumLife.com. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. I hope you'll listen, follow, rate, and review all of our episodes, which are available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts.